To have passion in life is everything. What's your Everest? Oh, is it yeah. that 200 inch box? They just look so impressive when they're wide. Especially running away. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Eastman's Elevated. It's like a think tank for outdoor activity. Sounds exactly like my hunting. Just always thinking about it, always trying to evolve it and make it better. Here's your host, Brian Barney. Hey, what's happening, guys? Uh, new episode of Eastman's Elevated here. So this week I'm going to release a bonus episode. So I'm going to release an episode today, which is Wednesday, and then release one on Friday. So be on the lookout for that. Today's episode is a solo episode. So um, we'll see if I can remember how to do this. Uh, you know, I, I really enjoy doing the solo episodes every once in a while and, and just getting on. And it's almost like a hour-long therapy session for me where I can just talk about you know, everything I'm thinking about and, and uh, let it just all come out on the mic. So I really enjoy doing these. Uh, today's episode, I talk about this season, the trials and tribulations I've been through, uh, lessons I've learned, mistakes I've made, um, and, and just trying to get better. Um, you know, I, I love and, and have such a passion for Western hunting. And so, you know, when I, when I finish up the bulk of my hunts, I've had this time to kind of reflect back on and and so I just let it come out on the mic. Um, you know, I, I talk about what motivates me and, and, and what I can improve from and how I can get better. So there's, there's just a ton of tips and tactics in this one. A little bit of rambling, but, but hex, that, that's what a podcast is, you know. And, and uh, so, so hopefully you guys enjoy today's episode. Let me know what you think. Uh, the sponsor for today's show is Sportsman's Warehouse. Uh, Sportsman's Warehouse just does such a great job uh, having a knowledgeable staff and, and bringing in all the best brands. And I always mention that that my buddy uh, Chase, uh, he runs the Fairbanks store up there. He just does such a great job and he has so much passion for hunting. And, and all those guys working in the store, the entire staff have, have such a passion for hunting. Uh, another one of the guys, um, one of my cameramen for my elk hunt, Dalton Bueller, he's working for Sportsman's Warehouse um, in Rock Springs, Wyoming, just really enjoys it, has such a passion for Western hunting. And, and those are the guys you run into when you're in there. It's a knowledgeable staff that can answer your questions that, that know from experience. And so, you know, I, I also like that you can go in an actual store and you're not ordering off the internet. You can actually try clothing on and see how it fits. You can try backpacks on and see how they they fit. And, and you can get absolutely everything you need to outfit any Western hunt inside Sportsman's Warehouse. So they just do a great job. And thanks to those guys for sponsoring the podcast. Um, over there at Eastman's, um, man, it's been fun. Um, I saw Dan Picard killed a Montana buck with his bow before the season closed. Um, I, I saw on Ike Eastman's uh, uh, Instagram story, and he sent me a message last night, but it sounds like one of the guys got an elk down, and he was loading up the horses and going to go in today to get a bull out. So uh, I, I look forward to, to getting a picture from one of those guys, somebody that was successful there. I'm not sure if it was Guy or somebody else, but um, you know, I've been talking Scott and Brandon uh, you know, from the office there, Scott Reekers and, and Brandon Mason, they've been on the podcast, you know, they had a great elk hunt and, and some really close calls and really got into some good rutting action and, and rutting action almost with like the migration with the snow. And I, I've noticed it's been kind of a weird year around Montana and Wyoming is that feeds burned, it, it burned off, you know, in, in July and August, we didn't get a lot of moisture. And so the, the feed burned off. And then a couple of these snowstorms have really driven these, these elk down. 
Um, but but those guys had a great hunt. Oh, I saw a couple girls from the office there. Um, they both got antelope and had their family along with them. And I think Dan Bacar filmed it for Beyond the Grid. Really happy for those girls. And I, I just love being part of the Eastman's family. Um, it, it, it's such a great group of people. And, and uh, you know, even being here in Montana, uh, I'm just, a, you know, I, I'm always talking to those guys. And then I run over to that office quite often. And, and it's just a, a great company and a great family to be part of. Um, oh, and, and make sure you guys check out the gear guide this year. Uh, Eastman's just does such a great job with their branded gear. So, you know, I'm wearing their sweatshirts, their hats, their t-shirts all the time, and they have all this branded gear and all the new designs will be coming out in the gear guide. Uh, make sure to check that out. If you're looking for a gift for a family member or friend, get them something they're really going to like. They, they sell subscriptions in there. Uh, they, they sell all their branded gear. Uh, and there's just a, a ton of great stuff for the Western hunter in there. So make sure to check that out. Gear guide will be coming out soon. Uh, so make sure to support that. Uh, with that, let's uh, get this thing rolling. So me on a solo episode, uh, therapy session, uh, Eastman's Elevated. Here we go. All right, live here. Um, today's a solo episode. Uh, so I just wanted to sit down. I got so many thoughts and ambitions running through my head here that I, I just wanted to uh, get it out on the podcast and, and get out a solo episode, just kind of about my season and, and uh, where things are headed and goals for the future. And um, what a great season. Gosh, I had fun. I hunted with a lot of buddies and then hunted for myself a bunch and uh, able to be successful. And um, it, it's just, uh, it's such a great life we live out West here where, where you're able to take part in, in these blue collar hunts, you know, and get these tags and work really hard towards your goals and, and, and then able to bring some good meat home. So, you know, I can't say enough good things about the season, but I just, I get done with, with the majority of my hunts and I, I can't help, but, but set goals for next season and not wanting to, to rest on my laurels or, or rest on my accomplishments that I've made. Like, I just want to make future goals and keep working hard. I, I just love, you know, the, the sport that we, you know, or this, this bow hunting lifestyle that we live. And, um, I just, I, I, I love setting goals, working hard towards them and, and then accomplishing them, you know? And so, you know, I can't help but start to think about, you know, the rest of this season and next season and, and just lessons I've learned and things I can improve from and, and where I can become better. So, um, it'll be a little rambling today where, uh, see if I can remember how to do a solo one again. It's been a while, but, uh, just an awesome season. So just finished up my, my elk season and, and elk was a big one for me. Elk is so important every year and in the meat is such a difference maker for my family, making it through the winter and, and not having to buy meat or, or harvest a bunch of does to make up for not killing an elk. And so elk's always a big one for me, but I, you know, I like to, to, to kill mature bulls. I like to kill nice big six points and, and, uh, so I'm kind of a snob too, um, you know. And harvesting the the most mature animal is best for the species, and it's um, it, it's like this degree of difficulty on yourself, you know. And so, you know, around here in Montana, I've been hunting bulls for probably 20 years or more, and I think I've only gone one season without killing a bull. And um, you know, and and then you know, the last 10 or 12 years have been all bow and arrow. That uh, that I I want to kill one with my bow, or don't want to kill one, and then I want to kill a nice six point, you know. And so it, it's tough out there on public lands. So 
you know, I, I started this season and um, just had a great hunt, which you guys probably caught that podcast I did with my Hawaiian buddies. And they came out and we were able to show them a really good time. But we we got the one bull and then uh, Janus missed one and had some close calls. But uh, Robin just killed a heck of a nice bull. And, and it was a great, big, heavy six point, probably better than the than the last few bulls I've killed, you know, which was really neat to see and neat to be a part of. And, and uh, we caught some great rut in action. But the whole time, you know, I, I wasn't hunting. I was saving my tag because I, I wanted, I had an opportunity this year to, to film a hunt, which, you know, I, I really enjoy hunting. I really enjoy capturing these things on film. And, and uh, it's such a great opportunity that, that Eastman's has given me to where, you know, I can capture these hunts and, and then show it to all you guys, show it to family and friends. And I mean, they're picking up the bill on, uh, as, as far as a uh, cameraman and picking up the bill, you know, as far as, uh, filming permits and, and, and they're putting a lot, they're investing a lot into me. And so, you know, I just want to show those guys that I can be successful and capture it all on film. So we, uh, went through the Hawaii hunt, just had a great time, great rut in action, got into some really nice six points and, and hunting that mountain terrain and, and wilderness that I just love to hunt. And it just seems like those wilderness or those low pressured elk, you can sure get away with a lot more around them, moving around them. And, and, uh, you know, maybe they haven't seen a hunter all season or, you know, maybe only seen or smelt a hunter once. And, and that's the toughest challenge with, with hunting the mountains or, or that, that wilderness is that wind. Gosh, you can, you can cover miles and miles and you finally find the six point bull or the big bull you want to hunt. And uh, you're trying to play your percentages and and read dominant winds and and thermals and and uh, go down in there and the wind swirls and busts that bull out and it it maybe took you 20 miles of backpacking to find that bull and you got to start over and so you know that that's a little tougher where some of the spots I hunt um, you know in some some national forests and other places with road access you're still doing a bunch of miles and and covering a bunch of miles but it seems like when you bust a bowl or you know something happens um you know you can you can go find another one you know you make it back to the truck and drive a few miles and hike in a few miles in that spot and go find them where the wilderness you know you're backpacked way in there where you know if you bust that bowl that may be your chance for the next two or three days and you got to hike all the way back out and backpack in a different drainage but it's all part of it, but a great season with those guys. And then I, I went in, I was saving my tag for my season. And so I, I, uh, I, I went in, um, I had this trip planned and I, I went to a different part of Montana that I've hunted before, hunted last season. I, I really like it in there. It's, um, it's, it's good populations of elk and a lot of six point bulls, a lot of bigger bulls, but it, it's also a higher pressure spot. Those elk know what humans are and they, they act more like an antelope than they do an elk. You just, uh, they see you, they're looking for humans. Um, it's really good winds over there. You don't get winded a lot because you're able to play these dominant winds where you don't get, uh, you know, the, you just don't get the big mountain swirls of wind or, you know, the, the lee sides or it's just more of a a dominant wind in that country that I'm hunting. And so you just get it blowing one direction and you get that right and you're pretty good. But I went over there, I had cameraman, uh, uh, Dalton, he helped me out on it. And, and, uh, we went in there and had a, had quite a few days in there and it was just right after a big storm. And, you know, sometimes those rainstorms and snowstorms, I I've seen it where elk heat up during them. And I've also seen where elk totally shut down by them. And, 
and that was the case over there is, um, you know, I was talking with a couple of my buddies that were hunting over that place and it was insane hunting. And then they got nine or 10 days of just snow and rain and moisture in that country. It gumbos up really bad. It muds up really bad. And so I, uh, we went over there, we played in the mud for a couple days, couldn't really get off the, the main road there and, um, started hunting around and, you know, it's just, it's, it's elk hunting. Um, it, it's, uh, it, it seems like you get on these hunts and they're always tougher than you think they're going to be, you know. So we started traveling miles and miles and we heard a bull bugle one day a couple times, dropped down in on him and found him. He was a smaller six point. And, um, you know, we found a few cows. Uh, we actually got a stock on a nice muley buck. I saw quite a few muley bucks over there this season. And, and uh, we just started hunting and started started covering miles. And, and you know, that's that's the thing on these hunts is you really got to bring a good attitude into them. It, it's so tough mentally on these hunts to go into a spot, and I catch myself slipping into this pattern, and this is this is something I can really improve on. I think we can all improve on it. Is you, you go into a spot, and you don't hear a bugle, you don't see a bull, and you cover a few miles in there, and it's it's pretty easy to go, well, they're not in here, on to the next spot. And and there is a time for that where you do have to move on to the next spot and you aren't are not gonna find elk in there. But you really gotta give it your all when you're when you've chosen a spot that you're gonna hunt and that's your morning hunt or that's your evening hunt. You gotta give it all you got in that place. I mean, you are elk hunting, you do have a bow in your hands, like you can catch one at any point. And especially with them not not bugling or calling a whole bunch, it just takes a bunch of effort. And uh, so we started covering miles, but I, I'd start catching myself in this trap where I'd I'd dive into a spot that normally is good and get in there and I'd I wouldn't find the elk and you know, you'd cover a few miles in there and then you go, Well, they're not here, time to go into a different spot where yeah, you know, I think I need to be better at it, it just you know, I, I, and I, I'm just trying to think back at these hunts and what I could have done different. And, and maybe it is just continually covering miles, just trying to catch one of these things out. And so that's the attitude we finally started to get after day four, or day five, like a few miles in four or five miles in wasn't enough. You just got to keep going and keep looking. And especially when they weren't calling. And so, you know, we started to get this attitude where all of a sudden the standard vantage points and the standard drainages that I hunt just weren't producing, just could not find them in there. And so we just started going to new spots or traveling further and just started to to absolutely send it, just go for it, you know, and, and uh, covering just a million miles in these places. And so we started traveling in and just started going for it and and, uh, gosh, we, you know, you get way in the heck back in there in the middle of some of these spots and, and, uh, started to find elk and they were bachelor herded up and we found one group of like 15 or 20 bulls together and some decent, nice six points in there that we'd shoot. And we made some plays after them and, and tried to make things happen. And, um, on, on the stocks, it's like this bow hunting to us, we get like these chances and you, you finally find a bull you want or a buck you want and then it's it's such a like this high pressure situation where you get one chance to to creep in and move in and get things right, catch that bull before he catches you, get a good range, get drawn on him, and and you're not going to win every one, but you, boy, you sure want to be as good in those situations as you can. And I I think the only way you get better is is by doing it and then and then learning from your shortcomings. You know, I always say 
you know, try to figure out what went wrong. You know, was it, was it the wind? And don't take an easy way out. Like if you crunched a stick, you crunched a stick and you screwed up the stock. And there's always like a, a reason why the stock didn't come together. Even though those things are going to beat you a lot of the times, if you can just pay attention to it and look at it realistically and say, you know, well, he saw me coming over the top or, you know, he winded me. I, I, I shouldn't have came in in that wind. I should have held off and waited for a better wind or taken this other approach. But if you can just like keep keep learning from those encounters because you know eventually you're going to catch that bull of your dreams and it's a 375 bull or a 400 inch bull or whatever it is and you get one chance to go kill that bull. And that, that one chance, it all comes down to, to your instincts, the decisions you make, the approach you make, and, and then closing the deal on them. And just the better you can be in that scenario the the better hunter and the more successful you're going to be and I'm really good in those spots but I'm you know just like you guys I'm continually trying to get better and continually trying to learn and so you know I think if you can just look at those encounters and break them down and figure out what went wrong and and what went right and what you did correctly like say oh man that approach was really good but but you know I I came over the top and exposed myself and I found you know this year if I broke it down into, you know, what happened on these encounters and stocks and I, you know, I had some where you'd move in and it just didn't happen and you didn't have an approach. You know, I always talk about never stalking recklessly, like never exposing yourself or giving yourself away. You kind of know what you can get away with on a stock and, and you don't push that boundary. You you move and you take what's given to you on the stock. But like we had um, with Janus, we had this really good bull that Robin ended up killing the next day. But this really good bull and he had 35 cows and he was rutting those cows and we got inside a hundred yards and we had a smaller bull at 50 yards and we had cows at 50 yards and this bull was just moving through the herd and we were just waiting for our opportunity and we spent over an hour in that range of that bull but there was just nothing we could do we couldn't slide down the hill any further there wasn't any approach we had to wait for him to go over the edge until we could sneak up and try to get another chance at him and they ended up going over the edge and moving off too far and you know we didn't end up killing that bull we ended up killing him the next day but it's just like you just you take what's given to you and if it doesn't present itself to not spook that bull and to back out you got a chance to find him the next day and so I just love stalking that way it's just it's just my favorite approach on these things um but but if I look back over the season and what happened you know I had quite a few encounters that went wrong um by exposing yourself and it uh, so let's see, I'm trying to describe this or articulate like what went wrong on a few of these stocks. So of course you always have a couple that wind you. Um, trying to think back, had a couple wind us um, with, with Janus and Rob. Um, and then, uh, you know, a, a couple where you're just trying to approach them in the timber and you've got so many bodies, so many cows and a bull and you're trying to kind of move through the trees and get close and and definitely had a couple of those encounters where we got caught or at least one I can remember. But, you know, on my hunt and spot and stalking those things and those high-pressure bulls, I, I just noticed with them and mule deer, like when you're closing those last few yards, I, I'd get caught. Like I'd, I'd be so focused on where that bull was or where that buck was in his location. And as I'm coming over the rise, I'm really searching back and forth to him. But, you know, you really got to search 
left and right and really look left and right for other elk that are there that you didn't see or if if your buck or your bull moved a little bit while you're approaching and out of sight like it's just coming over those hills and that last approach is so important that you catch them before they catch you and and I had a a good bull just this good six point embedded in a perfect spot I spotted embedded uh, just by covering miles and and glass and country and we'd get over these these bowls and these little spots and they were fairly open with cover and then just pick it apart and then kind of scoot back off the ridge and scoot around the ridge and pick it apart again from a different angle and and able to spot this really good bull bedded I just spotted the one there and so we made this really good approach had the good wind and just coming over the top on this bull and I'm so focused at where he's bedding down and then far to my left you know I hear I hear Dalton goes freeze there's a bull right there and god there was a bull like 60 yards 50 yards up above us to the left and I had never seen that bull when we were glassing excuse me and then and then moving in you know, all of a sudden there he is. And that was the bull that ended up busting us. We froze and you don't move. And that bull ended up like, I think our wind was bad on that bull. The wind drifted up to him and he spooked off. Well, as he spooked, the other bull got up and there was actually two bulls in there. I had only seen the one good bull I wanted to shoot. And there was actually three bedded in this little, this little cover, you know, or this little patch of uh, scrub cedars or whatever. And um, it's just so many times when you're coming over the lip and you, you always got to expose yourself in that last little time, like move ultra slow. Like, uh, you just don't want to screw it up right at that place. And your mind is just racing and telling you like, get over the ledge, see if he's there, hurry up. It's right now. It's, it's now or never. And you know, sometimes there is when they go over a rise and you're trying to catch up to them and you make it to that rise, they just went over, you know, you want to hurry, but those last steps when you're exposing yourself and, and, and I, some guys like to crawl to the edge or stand to the edge. You know, it doesn't matter. Either way, your head is going to have to come over that rise. And the best way I've found is to kind of move, hunker down, take a couple steps, and then slowly stand up. And you just just bringing your eyes just over the grass light line and, and not only looking where that bull is, but looking far to the left and right for other animals, just trying to catch them before they catch you. It's so important. And, and I just, you know, I'm finding that I, I'm making more mistakes than I'd like to make in that spot. And I, I get a lot of them right. And, and, you know, I know my stalking skills are, or, you know, I, I have a high level of skill when it comes to stalking, but that's one thing I can really improve on is, is really panning to that left and right and making sure I'm not so focused at where that animal was that I, I'm kind of going over the ridge with an open mind. Like I, I think that deer's there, but he could be anywhere. He could be left. He could be right. And really panning around, and and if you can catch those animals first, you got such an upper hand on them, you know, and and then you can make moves to get your shot, or maybe he's out of range, and you play. But it it's just part of not stalking recklessly, and it's part of that 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 coming over the skyline or exposing yourself. You just have to be so good at looking left and looking right, and, and catching, you know, maybe that animal move, maybe there's another animal there, but just catching them first and. And uh, so it, it's just part of my game I want to improve on just that last little bit and just really make sure that I'm that I'm panning left and panning right and not getting caught by those things. But but anyways, I so we uh, so I got on that good bull. The other bull spooked him and 
we had a good hunt over there. Uh, Dalton's wife ended up being real sick at home, and so you know we had to cut the had to cut the trip short. Um, had to to end it, and you know it it's just um, it you know it's part of it. We all have families and 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 lives back home, and sometimes that stuff takes precedence over the the hunt and where you're at. And so you know we had planned nine ten days on this hunt, and and uh, had to shut her down after five or six days. And oh, it just um, it kills me to to go home have this opportunity on filming and not be able to get it done and so i had to put a call into guy and just you know, tell him what the deal was and tell him we had some close calls and got into some bulls they weren't rutting very good but you know i i wasn't able to get it done and and uh i was supposed to send the camera back the camera gal wanted the camera back for for filming something and but I was just dying to like, I, I know I can get a bull down. Like I just need to, I just need to make another trip. I just need to make another go at it. And so I started calling around and, um, I, I called guy, told him the situation and, and, uh, he gave me the go ahead, said, yeah, we'll pay a cameraman to keep going. You know, let's, let's finish this thing off right and try to get a bull down on film. And, and, uh, so I I got uh, cleared for a, another few days and and uh, so I started calling around trying to find a cameraman and it's so tough like um there's a lot of good cameramen out there and I have a lot of buddies and I you know I if I had to decide between a cameraman having good camera skill or a cameraman having good hunting skill I think I'd choose good hunting skill like I it, it's really nice to have somebody that's skilled on the lens but it it's almost like you can train anybody to do it you know and my buddy Dan did such a good job on our Idaho hunt this year man that was so fun and so fun like teaming up with one of my buddies and and then putting this film together which is you know we've been dreaming about that for years at least I have is being able to capture some of these high country moments and and these high country hunts and then have it all come together with your best buddy there next year was just awesome be able to get Dan a check for filming and he really dedicated a lot of time to filming for me and so that was really cool so I I I really like finding cameramen that have good hunting skill and then just tough as nails you know that uh able to do the miles and mentally tough and you know they're there to get that animal on film like I'm there to shoot that that buck or that bull and we kind of team up together you know I like I like bouncing ideas off off buddies and coming up with the best scenario and I you know I'm never it's never you know it's always it's always like a a team up between guys I I never try to boss anybody around like I want to find the the best way to go about hunting a spot and the the best way to look at it and I try to take in all input and then try to have a conversation about it and try to kind of break it down the positives and the negatives to whatever we're doing whether it's a stock whether it's the drainage we're hunting I just if I'm teamed up with somebody I just like to bounce ideas back and forth and and two minds are better than one and, and and then you know if it's an idea I don't agree with like I just make the points that no we shouldn't do that because the wind's going to be rolling in there or you know we're going to be exposed looking over this thing and, and to be able to look at it and have conversations about it and, and have buddies where you kind of put your ego aside you know they're able to say oh you're you're right our wind would be drifting down in there that's not going to work or or vice versa you know they you know I come up with a plan they say yeah but you know we we really shouldn't do this we should go look at this spot and I can look at it objectively and go yeah you know you're right gosh yeah that's a better idea or that is, that's a good idea and so you know I, I think using that to your advantage when you're hunting with a couple guys is super important but um, so anyways, trying to find a cameraman for this deal, 
I I tried to call in favors to all my buddies and definitely tried to get Dan to video for me, but he was so hungry, hunting for his bull. He loves to hunt elk, and he had been going so hard in our spots trying to kill a bull. And so, you know, I, I kind of approached him about a big cameraman spot, but he was so into what he was doing. He said, if I get a bull down, I'll film for you. But, you know, right now I just got to hunt for myself. It's coming down to the end. And so I don't blame Dan one bit. Um and that's the deal is I got a lot of good buddies that step up and do anything for me. And I'm sure if I told Dan, you know, this is the most important thing in my life right now, you know, he'd drop everything and be there. But at the same time, I didn't want to take away from his hunt. And so we were going to team up and camp together. But, uh, you know, I, I couldn't ask him to give up his elk season to come film for me. And so that's that's part of the deal is um, it's tough to find a, a guy that you can trust that you can film with. But you know, my buddies want to be hunting for themselves as well. And I, I don't blame them. I, you know, I want to be hunting for myself as well too, you know, and, and not that I wouldn't give up time to video them and they won't give up time to video me. But at the same time, you just got so many limited days and it's what you absolutely love to do. And Dan loves to hunt elk and this tag that he had, he didn't draw it the previous year. And so, you know, he's even, even more hungry. He'd gone a couple years without shooting a bull and Dan did end up killing a nice six point, by the way. So um, awesome for Dan. So pumped for him. Um, he, he just gave it his all. I mean, I would venture to bet Dan probably had 20 days hunting elk this year, maybe more. I mean, he took all his vacation time over there solo a bunch, just tough as nails, and ended up killing a nice six point. So super pumped for him. I, it's just a what, a what an awesome achievement and, and good for Dan. But So I couldn't get Dan to film for me. Um, just talk to all my buddies and that, you know, not only do my buddies want to hunt for themselves, but sometimes like the, the dates don't line up. Like they can't take as much time during the week as I can take, or maybe they already took their vacation. And so it's tough to get the days to line up. But, but anyways, it, this is like bow hunting problems. I'm talking to you guys like problems trying to get a cameraman to film or whatever, but it's, it's something, like I say, it's a great opportunity for me and it, it puts me out there a little bit. And I, I love being able to capture these public land hunts that I can and share with you guys and so uh called my buddy Coulter I thought I had him lined up to film he was going to do it for me and give up his time to come film for me which is just awesome and and then his sitter fell through like um it was let's see his mother-in-law like they had a death in the family and so she couldn't watch her anymore and it it I you know I tried you know my wife was going to watch her and we tried to make things work but it just didn't work out and so he couldn't film for me and I finally got a hold of Lucas Sterling and, and we had been talking for a while and I've had him on the podcast and I've got another one coming up that we recorded. He ended up coming down and staying with me for a few days, but he, he committed to filming and it was like three days that he could film. And so trying to get it done in three days on an elk. And I just thought, man, oh man, well, it's going to be tough, but at least I got another chance. And so we planned this trip. But meanwhile, you know, I just like hunting, hunting locally around here and, um, you know, just started looking around and I don't have a film permit for the national forest, but I can film on state lands. And so, uh, state and BLM lands. And so I just trying to give it everything I got and I'm trying to get work done, but it's like mornings and evenings. I just got to be out. And my wife thinks I'm nuts. I just, um, I, I just like during season, it's, it's just such a short season and you got to go so hard and give it everything you got. So I'm going evenings, I'm going mornings and I'm going by myself and trying to capture things solo film, and I just, like I say, I got such a great opportunity, and Eastman's has been so good to me, and I want to get a bull down on film, so I'm trying to solo film, and I go out to the spot the one night, and 
God, I had a five-point working right at me, all mudded up, and I wasn't sure. It's been a lot of years since I've shot a five-point, but not that a five-point's bad or anything. It's just between me and my circle of friends, we're always looking for a mature six-point, and it's like you want to shoot a six-point or nothing, but, you know, here he is, and he's walking towards me, and he's all mudded up, and I got the camera set up and watched him walk by, and I just... I just couldn't do it. I had these, I had another three days to hunt with Lucas and days around here locally. And I think I'm down to like my last 10 days of elk season, but I just thought, man, I just can't do it. I, I got to look for a six point. I had a six point that night and his cows were across the fence and he was on the other side of the fence. I thought he was going to come across and uh, just a beautiful bull bugling all night long, but he never did come across. So uh, they ended up going away from me. Um, but uh, close on that bull anyways, um, just right across where I could hunt him at, you know, just right on the edge. And I'm hunting just almost like um, sleeper spots or foothill spots. And the, the feed this year burned off up high. Um, we had a really hot and dry July and August. And and so that feed burns off and then those those elk, they start coming down and they get supplemental feed and they start getting in big groups. And so they dropped off the mountain. Also, the, we got some snow in the high country too, quite a bit of snow, and that helps push them down as well. So I'm just kind of hunting sleeper spots, just little state land pieces here and there. You know, sometimes they're a mile by mile. Sometimes you got a couple miles. Sometimes you got the whole fringe of the whole face to hunt. So I'm, I'm just hunting these spots and giving it all I got and get close on that bull that night and that five point. Well, I got to be out there in the morning and I'm meeting Lucas that night to go over to this other hunting spot and film for three days, but I just got to go. I just got to give it everything I got season short and try to get them. And I went out there that morning and I caught a really nice six point and, uh, He's a nice wide six, and uh, he's working up this draw. Well, first I saw one horn bull. I saw um, he was a six by nothing or six by broken tine or whatever. And I looked at him, and he's just such a small six, and he's all in one side. And I thought, ah, I, I can't. I got to pass that bull. I got to look for a decent six point. And then right after that, here comes his six point, and he's bugling and working up this draw, and he's working up the edge. And so things happened pretty quick. I had to get on him and get over there. You know, I'm just working up the edge of the draw where I'm going to peer over the side and then I see his horns right there and he's looking down at me. Maybe he heard something down there, something I just froze and he just forgot about what he was doing, just middle of the rut. And I, I don't think he heard me, you know, maybe he thought it was an elk or, you know, he definitely heard something or down the hill because he was definitely looking that direction or maybe he was just looking down the hill for, for cows, but he just kept walking up that rim and I was able to slip in and get behind him, set my camera on the tripod, get him in frame, and then and then get a good shot on him. And you know, it's you you look back at your season and and there's things you want to be better at. And I I don't, there's nothing I could have done. I got a good shot on that bull. He was broadside when I was shooting at him, and, and right as I shot, you know, he was kind of on high alert. Right as I shot, he kind of wheeled to roll and get away from me, and and that arrow hit him a little bit back, and it buried to the fletching, so all the way up and in him. So I knew he was hurt, and it, you know, it's just it's just one of those deals. You just want to make clean, quick, ethical kills, and and uh, I knew that arrow was back, but it was quartered way up in him, so I knew I'd be okay. I knew that bull would die, but he ran off into the draw, and so I just gave him gosh five six hours down in that draw or whatever and figured he'd be dead and um then when i went to look that afternoon um for him or early afternoon uh bull was still alive 
is hurt pretty bad, hadn't gone too far, and he was bedded down. Um, I just don't like to see things suffer. You just want to make a clean, quick, ethical kill. And I pride myself on making good shots. And, and you know, I did here too. I, I'm not making excuses or anything. And I, I just, um, you know, you just want to be as good as you can. And it, it adds to the experience when you can make a good shot on an animal. And, and I did make a good shot. And you can see it on film. The bull did roll as the arrow was in the air. And it did get him, you know, and, and angled up in there. And he was hurt and going to die. But I just don't like him being alive for five, six hours and just want to be better. Um, not that there was something I could have changed on it. But you want to be better and make a clean kill. But anyways, he was, he was laying there hurt. And so I... You know, by that time he was pretty sicked up, so I I stalked in and um, got to. Um, it was kind of my outside range, but he kept turning back and looking at me, and I knew I could make that shot. He was like sixty eight or something like that, so I I put another one through his lungs, and he stood up and spun circles and still alive. And I thought, you know, I'm not into saving arrows. If I can get another one in him, get another one in. So I put another one through his lungs there. So I kind of had him a bit porcupine, but you know. I, it just doesn't always happen like you want. I mean, the end result is what I wanted. I got the bull down. Um, you know, it, it just lasted a little bit longer than I wanted to. And yeah, I just, I just want to, I just want to be better, uh, you know, clean, quick, ethical kills. But I, I ended up getting the bull super stoked on it. Really nice wide six point, uh, able to get it on film, self film, which is, uh, it's just so lucky. I mean, I should, I, you know, that bull probably should have spooked or, you know, I, I don't, sometimes it's just meant to be and comes together. So that, that was the end of my elk season. Such a good season. So much fun, um, hunting, but you know, I, I just find myself, um, my buddy, uh, Eric Polson's got this saying and, um, it's his hashtag. He always uses, always want a bigger one. And I don't want to be greedy or I, you know, it's a really nice six point. It's great meat. It's going to get me through the entire winter. I'm super stoked. I couldn't be more stoked with it, but it just has me thinking about next year. And, um, gosh, I, I really, I want to put in the work to kill one of those huge next level bulls. And, and I, I've got a bunch of bulls over 320 and I've got one over 350 and not that score matters, but, um, you know, I see, Oh, my buddy, uh, Jason, Hay, he just killed a giant bull and, and not that I compare myself to other people. I'm really stoked for him. And Jason hunts really hard. He's a great elk hunter and he's killed a bunch of big ones and saw that Brandon Burns, he killed a big bull. He, he seems to get a big one every year. Um, yeah, I just, I just, I want to put more effort into it next year. And I, you know, I, more effort scouting, maybe it's a, a new location. And I, I really got to focus on these elk is like, I think the key to it is, and whether you're hunting mountains, you're hunting breaks country, you're hunting, whatever you're hunting, it's like finding these, these isolated pockets of country, like a, a big basin up in there where there's no roads, no trails, tough to get to, tough to glass, but these, these isolated pockets are what holds elk. But, um, yeah, I, I really just want to put in the work to, to get a, a really good one next year. And like I say, I, you know, I sound like a, like a, like I'm greedy or, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. You, you need to be thankful for your harvest. And I'm, and I am so thankful and so happy with the way my season went. So, uh, uh grateful to kill a nice big six point bowl, but, um, just has me thinking about next year. And, and like I say, I don't like to sit back and, and think how, how, how good I am or how good I was or that I killed this bull. Like I just start thinking about next year and go, man, I, you know, if I want to kill a, a giant one, I, I got to start putting in the work. And so I've already like, um, season isn't even over. I've, I've got a mule deer hunt coming up here in Montana. I've got a, uh, 
uh, whitetail hunt in Ohio, and then a coos deer hunt, may even squeeze in an Idaho mule deer hunt. I know Dan's still got a tag, maybe go down there and hunt with him, maybe pick up a tag for myself, I'm not sure. So I still got a lot of hunting left, but you know, I find myself after this elk season, it doesn't take but a couple days, and I'm already training for next year. I'm, I'm already running miles, and you know, I'm just... Um, I put in good training this year and I had good hunts and good results, but I know I can be better. I, I know I can put more effort in. I know I can be in better shape. I know I can be a better shot, you know? And so I just want to up my level. It's just what I, it's what I love to do and what I love to put my effort into. Um, it, it, it just consumes all my thoughts and daydreams. You know, I know I can be better in my scouting and, um, better at, at finding new country and, and, and just putting more time into it and you get out what you put into it. And I, I just, I love it with every fiber of my being. And, 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 you know, it's, it's not, it's not the being good at it, but I love these challenges that you set for yourself and these goals you set for yourself and then working so hard, putting in so many miles and, and so much work and effort to, to be successful. Um, I, I just absolutely love it. And so I just want to continue the hard work and, you know, you're, you're capable of so much more than you, than you put yourself through. And, and I just, I, I want to get the most out of myself, especially, you know, I'm, I'm at a good age right now, but you're not getting any younger. And so you just, Oh, I got, I got business coming through. Hold on one guy, one sec guys. I'm going to pause this. Uh, keep that thought. Uh, let me handle this real quick. Okay, sorry about that, guys. Um, life's so hectic right now, and just handling so many different things with the with the business and uh, podcast, and just um, hunting and everything. But yeah, I just um, uh, where was I at? So I was talking about just just being better at at every facet of hunting, working harder, putting more work in. So you know, I I work really hard at my trail running and and my weights and pull ups and things, but I can work harder. I can, I can, you know, there's been years where I put in more miles and, and you got to be smart about your training, but I just want to be the best version of myself I can be. I, I have this saying that I kind of live by is, um, uh, be the man you want to be. And, and basically like, like any goals you set forth or as good as, you know, what, whatever man you want to be, just do it that day. Like, don't put it off. Like you practice doing it you know, right in real time. And, and I think as far as my, my training, I just love it so much. And, and I, I want to continually harvest good animals and, and work really hard in the back country. And, you know, I can just be, I can be in better shape. I can work harder at it. I can do more trail miles, more elevation. I can, you know, wake up before work earlier and, and I can sacrifice a little bit more. And I definitely don't want to take any more time away from my family. And I've always got so much work to get done, but, um, I can sacrifice you. You just only get one chance at this life. And, you know, I'm, I'm lucky that I, that I found a passion that I absolutely love. And I just want to put, absolutely everything into it and it means more to you and so you know I a couple days after elk season I'm already running trails and and uh, keeping in good shape uh, you know and there's so many facets that come into it a big part of it is having enough time to hunt and I've I've definitely structured my life that way where I get a lot of time to hunt but I can be in better shape uh, more trail miles uh, making sure I'm, I'm disciplined with my weight training and my pull-ups and, and just making sure I'm, I'm getting in that. And, and, uh, and then I can, you know, I can get better at, at, at my research and I, I'm pretty dialed on it, but gosh, dang it. You can, you can always put more time in and plan, 
you know, more for these hunts leading up to them. And so I'm getting ready for Montana mule deer now. And I'm, I'm going to go do a hunt with my daughter again, an adventure hunt, really looking forward to that. And then do a hunt. I got my uncle and my cousin coming out. Uh, my cousin's got a rifle tag, and and then I'll be hunting with my bow. But but just uh, more and more research, just diving into places, and 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 more and more effort during season. You know, always be willing to go the extra mile. And 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 just like I was talking about before, like um, when you're on a hunt in a location, giving it all you got, like uh, never giving up early, and and giving it your best look in there. And so. I, you know, I'm, I'm just ready to put in the work and, and put in the work for the rest of this season. And I've kind of had some time to reflect here after, after elk season and just what I love to do and want to put in more work. And, and really I, you know, the, be the man you want to be, I, you know, I want to improve on all facets of my life. We're like a work in progress as human beings. And, and, uh, you know, the, the, the better you can get at things and the, and the more you can set your mind to things, just the more you can make out of this life. And so, um, you know, being better at things, it, it's not just for hunting. I mean, it's a big part of my life and I love working hard at it, but the other facets of my life too is, um, being a really good husband, uh, being a good father, you know, including the girls on, on more adventures and, and more free days and, and just trying to enjoy life to the fullest. You know, when I, when I got a free afternoon, like, uh, grab the girls and let's go fishing or, um, just be outside more. And, and so I, I do want to run more and want to work harder at, at, uh, you know, at, at hunting and, and make sure I'm being the best I can be there. But, you know, I want to find the time or make the time to do that, um, aside from family time and, and spending time with my family. And then, you know, also this, this podcast, this is a, a great venture for me for Eastman's and, you know, I, I really got to make sure that I, that I'm on it here. And there's, you know, I've, I've kept getting out an episode a week and we've had some really good guests and good episodes, but I need to continually work at it. I need to, uh, be taking really good notes before I sit down with a guest and finding really interesting conversations. I need to keep lining up good guests and, and recording a bunch of these things so I can get out in front a little bit and make sure I've got that I'm sitting on four, five, six podcasts to, to release to you guys. And I, I got to be better on social media, trying to get out a, a post a day and um, live links on Facebook so they can just click on it. And, you know, this is such a great opportunity that I have, um, to, to be able to get on here and talk and, and, uh, you know, and, and be able to get a, you know, a small check anyways, and, and be able to keep growing this thing. Like this is a, a great opportunity for me. And I, you know, I, I just can't sit on it or I, I can't run it by the seat of my pants. Like I got to put as much effort into it as I can. I've, I've created this opportunity and, and I just need to keep working to get you guys the absolute best content I can work really hard at my hunting, work really hard at the podcast, be a better family, man. Like I get all this time to reflect and just be the man I want to be, just continually be working at it. And I can find extra time. I can find extra time in the mornings. I can find f- extra time in the evenings. I can I can keep working at, at all these things to to improve them and to get better. And so, um, yeah, you know, it's just uh, making the the most out of this life we have in this life I have. And yeah, I'm so fortunate. There's there's guys that would kill to be in my position. And 
So I, I just can't take a back seat. I, you know, I've, I've got the audio figured out. We're really putting out quality audio now. Um, you know, the, the content constantly working on that, but, but also just brainstorming and coming up with ideas and, and with my writing, I need to, I need to scratch down some new fresh ideas for the magazine and, and pitch those to my editor, Todd. And, um, yeah, just want to, just want to keep, keep working harder, you know, keep working hard at, at everything in, in life that I enjoy. But it, it really makes me think of these hunts and, and how I can come, become better. And I, I'm just capable of so much more. So I'm planning a, a hundred mile hike um, next summer. We're talking about doing that with a group of guys. And, you know, I used to do these, these ultra marathons and I've kind of gotten away from them where I just do kind of my training in the mountains. And, you know, I definitely don't want injuries, but I'm just capable of so much more and I'm, I'm almost cutting myself short by, by not doing more. And so, um, I'm just going to put on more miles. I'm going to push myself harder and, and mental strength is another one. Um, you know, so I'm really mentally strong. I've been doing this for a lot of years and pushing myself for a lot of years, but just like every facet of your life, you could, it's something you can work on and become better at, you know, and, and, and I just find, you know, even when I'm in really good shape, it takes my mind pushing myself to continually keep going, to not give up on a spot. Uh, you know, another lesson I learned this year, you know, is I find myself hunting really hard in the mornings and evenings and middle of the day, I'm kind of taking it easy and you don't want to wear yourself out in the middle of the day, but you know, at the same time, like you can find animals in the middle of the day and if you can find elk bedded down in the middle of the day or deer and you don't want to go blow up country. So, you know, you, you definitely got to be strategic at how you plan your hunt, but I got to be better at, at giving effort in that middle of the day and, and keeping the faith that I can find animals. And, you know, I found bulls this year by doing that, by covering drainages and bowls and up above them, getting different angles into it. Um, that's another good point. You know, I talk about how you sneak up to the ridge line and you grass, glass a bowl and then come back, but always believe there's an animal in there. It's like the moment you let your guard down and you walk over a ridge line to go glass something and you go, oh, there's a big buck. Gosh, dang it. I spooked him. That drives me nuts when I spook a, a target animal before I ever get a chance at him. And it's going to happen here or there because you are hiking so many miles through country, but just being cognizant uh, of of that there's animals in there and and aware of you know your presence when you're coming over ridgelines and just treat every drainage like there's animals in there and keep slipping around and sneaking around and you know you can't hike super slow through country all the time you know otherwise you'd never get anywhere like there's a couple different paces that you need to to keep and need to take but um, at that same time, like every time new countries exposed to you, you need to stop and put your glass on it and you need to glass in every shadow, every group of trees. And, you know, a big part of being successful is, is, is catching those animals before they catch you. And so, um, you know, it just, all these random thoughts running through my head and I know I've kind of rambled on this podcast and gone back and forth, but yeah, it's just the, just the ideas that are rattling around in my head and the things I want to get better at. But, um, yeah, just always, always treat every drainage like, like there's animals in it when you're approaching it. But, uh, you know, I need to be better at looking at the middle of the day, like, um, not giving up and trying to glass for these bucks and bulls middle of the day and ensure, you know, I'm not going to go as hard as I would like a, a morning or an evening, but I can just keep traveling and grabbing different vantage points and glassing in there. And you never know when you're going to pick up that, that big buck, 
you know, bedded underneath a lone tree or in some shadows or that big bowl. And so I just want to keep looking and, and keep giving it effort. But that that mental toughness is such an important part of the game. And I talk about hunts are always harder when you get there than what you expect. Um, it just takes extreme mental toughness to keep pushing day after day after day, keep believing you can get it done. Um, you know, and just, and just pushing your body, you're just capable of so much more than you, than you give, or, you know, you just, um, there's always more to give. And if you're mentally strong, you're going to keep pushing forward and you're going to find success. And so, you know, mental toughness comes for me a lot on my trail runs, you know, pushing myself, but it also comes from my hunts and I need to, I need to draw from that, um, on these, on these hunts and, and make sure, uh, I I'm going as hard as I can absolutely go. And, and even though I put a ton of effort in this season and I've, I've found some success and I've done really well, like, I think I'm capable of more. I think I'm, uh, I'm capable of, of going deeper in the back country. Uh, I think I'm capable of covering more country. And so, um, it, it's just this reflection and, and, uh, wanting to put more into it to get more out of it. Um, and, and not that I, you know, I don't really need to get any more out of it. I'm able to hunt like all these different places and all these cool critters and, and, uh, able to find success. But, um, you know, I, I need to, I need to be better at holding out too. Like I enjoy hunting so much. Like I, you know, and, and it's tough to pass a good six point bull or it's tough to pass a good four point buck, you know, especially if he starts getting into those inches you're, you're looking for and, and, and I like to be successful and I, you know, the fun's in hunting, you know, you see a six point bull, like, yeah, you can pass him or you can go try to make something happen and go get into him. Like that's the thrill of hunting, you know? And so I find myself with these struggles, but you know, when I set a goal for myself and, and say, I want to kill one of these giant next level bulls and I just got to figure it's going to, you know, it, it could be a single year quest or it could be a couple year quest. And I just need to put in the work to be able to find you know, one of these dream bulls that I've never harvested, like a 375 bull or a, a 380, 390 bull. Like, um, I'm just going to have to put everything into it if I want to accomplish it, especially on public lands. And so I'm just willing to put in the work and, and there with mule deer too, I've killed some, some great muleys and, and got a bu- bunch of bucks under my belt, but man, I've, I want to climb the ladder again. I want to find my personal best buck, kill one that's, you know, over 200 or over 210, just those giant bucks. And that takes holding off and passing on lesser bucks. And so, you know, I'm really going to dedicate myself next year. I, I want to hunt, uh, I think I get to hunt my Colorado spot next year. I'm going to go in there and, uh, want to hunt Nevada next year, but I'm just going to put absolutely everything into it and try to find some of these next level critters. And so I've got to hold off on, on lesser critters and be able to pass some of these. And, and last year I had a successful mule deer hunt in Montana, but I, I killed kind of a younger buck. He was probably three and a half or so and kind of jumped up in front of me at the end of the hunt and shot him. And, and I was thankful to get him and thankful to kill a nice four point And, um, it was a great season, but you know, this year's a, a new year and a new chance. And, uh, you know, I, I don't have a ton of time as I've burned about all my vacation. I really got to get to work here, but you know, I will have some time to hunt bucks and I can go back for, for be a weekend warrior for him as well. And so, um, you know, I just want to set myself up to, to try to harvest a, a good critter. And so, you know, on a, a Montana mule deer buck, you know, I'm hunting during general rifle. And so it is a tough hunt, but, um, I don't want to set my sights too high where I can't find success or don't get stocks, but I definitely want a more mature animal. I want, you know, a, 
you know, four, but yeah, five, six-year-old mule deer. And he doesn't have to be the best scoring buck, but I want him to be heavy and I want him to be old. Um, so I'm just going to hold out this year and stick to my guns. And if I, if I don't kill him on, you know, one weekend, it's, that's fine. I'll go back. And if I eat my tag, that's fine. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll eat a tag. It can be a couple year quest. That's fine for me, but, uh, I want to re- hunt really hard and put everything into it. And I, I want to be able to, to pass some of these, these smaller, smaller bucks. And, and same thing with bulls. It's, man, it's tough to let a 320 bull walk, but, um, you know, if you want to kill a 350 or a 370, you're going to have to let some 320s walk. And so, uh, you know, I just got to set my goals and, and set forth my time I have and make sure my, my training is all next level and I'm in the absolute best shape I've ever been in. And in there too, I need to improve my shooting. I, I'm a good shot. I'm proficient, you know, but um, I want to put more into it, more into winter leagues this year and, and uh, make sure I'm shooting, you know, not, not only once a day, twice a day. And, and too many arrows isn't a good thing as well, but just quality practice, quality arrows and making sure I'm, I'm getting up in the morning and going and firing at least a few arrows and then in the afternoon, evening, firing some arrows and um, just try to improve um, also on my, my strength, you know, the the, the pull-ups and the upper body and the back strength and shoulder strength all helps you aim and helps you execute. And so I want to make sure that I'm, that I'm weight training and getting that in, um, so that I can, I can shoot better and execute better shots and, and, uh, just improve in every facet of my game. So I, you know, I, I, I get, I get caught in this, but it, it, it's absolutely what I love to do and I love working hard at it. So it's something I enjoy. So setting my mind to something and then putting in all the work towards it, I I know it's going to pay off in the end and I know it's going to be enjoyable. And, and like I say, along with that, I need to get better at the other facets of my life as well. And, you know, as humans, we're just this, um, you know, we're never a finished product. We're, we're always improving ourselves and, and, uh, you know, and, and also, I'm happy when I'm working hard. I'm happy when I'm training hard. I'm happy when I'm hunting hard or I have goals set forth. Like it, it, it gives me, it, it gives me something in my life, you know, that, that I enjoy. And so, you know, all this, all this is, is good for me and it's healthy for me. And so, um, you know, I'm going to have fun working hard at it, but yeah, I'm going to, finish out my season here and have some really good quality hunts, but I guarantee next year I'm going to be in the best shape I've ever been. I'm going to be shooting the best I've ever shot. I'm going to be more prepared for these out-of-state hunts and these in-state hunts, and I'm going to have different locations and scouting done. I'm going to spend a lot of time scouting. I'm, I'm just going to be the, the best version of myself I can be, but... Um, so I've talked on and on about improving, but that's just where my head's at right now. Let's see what else I... When I, I I actually made some notes today. Um, sometimes when you're talking by yourself, you run out of things to talk about. I feel like I'm beating a dead horse, like uh, keep talking about how I want to improve at things. But, you know, if I say it on here, it holds me accountable. And and I, I've done this my whole life. And I, I just um, I, I set these goals and, and try to be better at them. And, and uh, I'm going to hold myself to it and, and uh, become better at it. But um, let's see. I... Uh... Oh, I, oh, so lucky. Gosh, I'm so fortunate. But um, I, I did get a new truck. Man, am I stoked on this deal. Um, so I had a good truck. Trucks are, um, I love traveling and hunting out of trucks. And I, I, 
I sleep in the back so much as I'm traveling, you know, like down to Arizona's 24 hours and, and I put so many miles on, but the, a vehicle is such a major uh, piece to, to me being successful because I travel all over this state. I travel all over the country hunting and it's what I love to do. And it's these blue collar inexpensive hunts I do, but a lot of times, you know, I'm living out of my truck. And, uh, so I, I put a ton of miles on these trucks and, and my truck wasn't worn out yet, but I, I put a lot of tough miles on it. I think I had 130,000 miles on it and, and it, it's been a good truck, but you know, like this past year I put three to $5,000 just in, in maintenance and on fixing things in it. The AC went out. Oh, that's really fun in the summertime when you got no AC in your truck. Oh my God. It's like a like a sauna that you're driving around in like the old, I don't know how they did it in the old days with the windows rolled down. I mean, you definitely get some airflow in there, but it was brutal and they, they didn't get the part forever and then ended up costing more than they said it would. And, you know, just that typical, uh, uh, truck stuff. But, uh, uh, I, I was able to get everything fixed and it was just time is 130,000 miles. I, you know, I still owed some on the truck and it was just like, man, while I'm working, I'm, I'm going to have a payment. You know, I'd, I'd be better off to trade this thing in, keep my payment the same and get something new with a warranty and, and, you know, trucks, you never vehicles, you never really come out on. It's just like, how much do you lose on those things? But, um, to me, it's, it's such a, it's a big piece of, of my hunting and being able to travel around and trust my truck. And then, and then also for work, I drive a ton of miles for work. And so I ended up putting, gosh, I know, 30 to 40,000 miles on a year. Well, at least that, um, sometimes even more. So I put a bunch of miles on, but yeah, I got this just sick new truck. I'm so pumped on it. Um, I went back, I like, we don't have a truck sponsor or anything, but, uh, I went back, I was driving a Chevy, um, and went back to a, a Toyota Tundra. I, I got to have a full size. I looked at the mid size and better gas mileage and those Tacomas are sure sick trucks, but I got to have a bigger bed, um, just so I can haul stuff for work. I got to be able to haul a Bobcat and our trailers and things. So I just have to have a full size truck. And, uh, and I wasn't getting that great a mileage out of that Chevy either. Like it's supposed to get 20 or somewhere there, how it, it goes down to four cylinders and then back up to eight. But gosh, I, I was getting 16 and a half out of that thing. So I've owned a couple Tundras before. Um, I, I really like them. They just build a good truck. And so, um, I got that and then I, I ended up getting a topper on this one. Um, it doesn't show up for another month or so, but just a topper where I can get in there and always sleep in my truck. Like, um, when I'm traveling, I do a lot of truck hunts too, where I, you know, I kind of base camp out of my truck and sure, I'll take a pup tent and go back for a couple days and backpack, but then I'm back to my truck and I'll travel around and I'll just go to different hunting spots and kind of live and base camp out of my truck. Just be so nice not to set up a tent when I'm solo and just sleep in that back. Um, and I've done it before, you know, when it's not raining or it's dry, you sleep in the back. And then I also had a, uh, a tonneau cover, but it was such a coffin in there. So I think this, um, you know, having this canopy is going to be killer to, to have that and be able to, to sleep in there wherever I end up. And, and, uh, so I'm st- super stoked on it. It's like a, a dream truck for me. So I'm so fortunate to be able to, to get this and, and have a good vehicle. But I just felt like that one I was driving, like it was just a matter of time. All the hard miles I put on it had electrical problems with it. You know, I, I've done all the maintenance correctly, but, um, 
it's just stuff breaking down on me. Like say three to $5,000 last year on top of my payments, trying to keep that thing running. So I'm just like throwing money away. And, you know, I definitely think you come out better, you know, a used vehicle, let somebody else drive the miles off, but it's also nice to have that warranty and then also nice to get that good interest rate. So uh, this isn't becoming a truck podcast. I just, uh, I'm, I'm super stoked on it. Such a, such a cool vehicle. Um, so I can't wait to be running that thing around, uh, take my daughter out. We're going to go out to, uh, see not this weekend but the next weekend we'll go out she missed the youth hunt she's in a oh a school trip uh they call it world strides like a science trip but they go to florida and um it's uh, real science based they're going to disney world and epcot center epcot center and uh but but they do do some some science stuff too and she gets to go with all her little girlfriends and things and so um they're having fun there but she does miss miss the uh youth season so we're gonna have to go during general rifle and um, so we'll go and, and, uh, take her out and, and, uh, should be, should be fun. She wants to just kill a buck better than last year. She killed a nice three by four last year. So, um, I'm really looking forward to that. And just, it's good time with my daughter too, when you're driving halfway across the state or all the way across the state, but it's like a five, six hour drive and then five, six hours driving back and then spend the weekend with her hiking around. And you're just, you're just able to have good conversations with her and really bond with her. And so, uh, really looking forward to that should be a fun time. And, and, uh, so, and then, uh, try that thing out for, for mule deer season, fly out to Ohio, I'm going to hunt whitetails out there. That's going to be fun. So just, man, I got some really cool hunts coming up. Uh, just need to keep working hard and, and, uh, got, got my running miles in. Um, I got my, my little, my new dog. He's, um, five months. He's such a puppy, but, uh, he's, he's got his basic commands down now where I've really got control of him, where he comes when he's called and knows what he's supposed to do. And, still trying to, to train him to, to do everything you like, but he's my new running buddy and, uh, he's really doing good. He sticks around really well and runs these trails with me. It's nice to have a four legged friend out running and he's just having a blast doing it. So I've been running with him and, and so that's been good. And, um, yeah, I just, uh, really looking forward to these hunts coming up and, and, uh, finishing out the season, training hard and, and, uh, just being the best version of myself I can be. So I'm going to work really hard on this, on this podcast, to, to bring it to the next level. Um, I mean, man, I sure appreciate all the support you guys give me, um, just over social media and, and I want to get better at my social media too. I, I just, you know, I got to be making a post per day. It's important for the podcast and important to, to put myself out there and, and important to be, um, you know, accessible to guys. And, and, uh, I need to, you know, I, uh, guys are so good at commenting on pictures. And a lot of times I just make a post and, and, uh, I, you know, I definitely read the comments and things, but I need to be better at, uh, answering back guys and make sure I'm answering questions and, and any direct messages or anything like that. Um, and I just need to, need to, need to be better at it or work a little harder at it. And I, I just, oh gosh, I'm, I so do not want to be addicted to my phone. It's uh, like my biggest fear. So, you know, I put down my phone in the evening, but I can, you know, again, I can make time for it. I can make time to make a post a day. I can make time to answer back comments without being addicted to my phone. I heard this statistic the other day that the average Instagram user looks at Instagram 35 times a day, 
35 times. I mean, that's ridiculous. You're spending so much time looking at that thing, but it's easy to get trapped into. There's so many cool photos and videos out there and so many cool people to follow that I do really enjoy the social media and I enjoy being on it, but I think we all just have to keep ourselves in check. I mean, I think 35 times is too many times per day. And, and, uh, so you know, I just don't want to get addicted to it, but uh, but I, at the same time, I want to work hard to be approachable and reachable uh, through the social media and, and put out quality posts. I got so much good content that I've gathered up over the season. So um, just want to be putting it out there for, for guys to look at. And, and then also, you know, be, you know, I follow a, a bunch of cool guys that I I want to continue to follow and make sure that I'm I'm commenting on on their successes and and cool pictures that they put out. So um, so I want to be better at my social media with spending less time doing it. If that makes any sense, um, just manage my time better. Um, but yeah, we all got to be careful with those phones. They're so addictive and so easy to be on them all the time. And it's so nice to be able to handle things in real time and handle business in real time and. Um, like you say, social media is so neat to look at and it's this information day and age where you can constantly look up stuff. I mean, I love the scouting on it. I, I could scout off that thing for my next hunts, public, private, topo, Google earth. So I love that part of it too, but you know, I, I also just got to manage my time and, and, uh, find time to do it all, but, but really be present when I'm here with my family and, and here with my girls or, or whatever I'm doing and, and make time for myself and, and, uh, so this is, um, this is like, a been a, a therapy session for me. I've just gotten out, uh, all my thoughts and all my ambitions and I've, I've just kind of vented from one topic to the next to you guys. But, uh, so, so this is my, my therapy session for the month doing a solo podcast, but I think it's got some good information of it. And it's just inside the mind of a, a Western hunter, you know, it's, it's inside my mind what I think about, what I want to work at, what I want to get better, and just want to continually improve. It's just what I love to do. And, and uh, so this has been a great therapy session. Um, I better shut this down. I got I got some work to do, but I wanted to get this recorded and get out to you guys just some things I've learned over the season and how my elk hunt went and, and uh, hunts I got coming up. So I think I did that. Uh, let's see. Talked about the truck. Talked about improving. Um, man, uh just uh like i say a really good therapy session for me so um i've seen you guys have had a lot of success this year and and uh you know it's that's the thing about social media is you get to see everybody's successes um you know and you don't see as many failures you see failures but uh i mean the truth is 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 bow hunting success hovers you know at best at 10 percent in units a lot of times it's two three percent two three percent of the hunters are successful so if you want to be part of that two three percent you know you got to be willing to work harder and put more in than everybody else and and i see that and it's paid off over the years for me and something that i've really enjoyed and so i just want to continue to do it and and put in that next level effort and so I'm just going to, I'm going to work harder than ever at, uh, every facet of my life here and improving it. Um, so, but anyways, I just don't like, it's tough not to get sucked into the social media and seeing somebody's success, but you just be happy for guys out there. You know, it's either their day, you know, where they, they put in the work over the years and it's come together for them or, or they're, you know, continually successful. And that consistent success is tough to find. And those guys that are finding it are working really hard at it. And so I just try to be happy for everybody out there, but, but don't let yourself get caught in that trap of thinking that you're less a hunter because you didn't kill a 200 inch buck or a 375 
people like success is tough out there and any success um you know just just be happy for yourself and praise yourself and i need to learn from that too here's i'm talking about killing a bigger bull but I am really happy with all the animals that I've harvested this year and I've got great organic protein for my family for the next year and we're having a bunch of, you know, salami and pepperoni sticks made and got our burger, we've got roast, um, started doing my backstraps. I've always cut them into steaks. Um, you know, years ago I did a whole backstrap, but the Hawaii guys did those whole backstraps or whole tenderloins. So I'm starting to cook mine a little bit that way. I really like it. Um, but, but I am so happy for all my successes here. Like, this has just been a, a great season for me and I've had so much fun and, and I've been able to help a lot of buddies this year too. And I, you know, I, I, I really cherish that time being able to spend with friends and share hunts with friends and laughs we've had. And, um, so it, it's just, it's just been off the charts as far as this hunting season. It's, it's just been a great season with a bunch of adventures, but you just, um, as it gets over with, you find yourself looking towards uh, next season or the hunts you got coming up and working hard towards them. So it's just what I what I absolutely love to do, and I know you guys do too. And so I I started to thank you guys for all the support, but yeah, don't don't let uh, don't don't let social media like uh, don't let it be a negative thing in your life. You know, you see people that are being successful, and I know you want that success. It'll come. You put in the work. It'll come. It's like um you know, I, I've set these goals my whole life and, and sometimes they don't come that next year. Sometimes they take two years of hard work or three years of hard work, but eventually, you know, you start finding that consistent success and it starts coming together for you. So just keep putting in the effort, keep working hard at it and, uh, keep believing in yourself and, and, uh, it'll come together. I guarantee it, you know, and in bow hunting, it's one of the toughest endeavors out there. And especially like there's a lot of shortcuts and not that, you know, hunting private land is a shortcut, but you know, if you've got private land, it's a lot easier than being out in public land with everybody else. You know, you get to hunt some of the best locations and nothing against it. Um, you know, you, you get to, you get to hunt spots, but there, I'm, I'm not even phrasing this the right way. I don't, you know, I don't want to put down hunt private land. And I, you know, I hunt private land now and again too. the, the bulk and almost the majority of all my hunting is, is, is public. Um, so, you know, I know how difficult it is out there on public lands and, and out there with everybody else and, and putting forth more effort than everybody else. And so, you know, I, I, I just know that it's, it's more difficult. Um, and it, it just takes more work at it. And, you know, there's guided hunts and outfitted hunts and, and, you know, your, your outfitters putting in a bunch of work for you as well. And so that makes it easier, but you know, it's never easy bow hunting and it isn't easy whether you've got the best spot in the world or, or if you're hashing it out with public land with everybody else, or, you know, also there's quality tags and there's, there's over the counter hunts. And so I don't want to get in this, um, you know, that, that other people have it easier. It's tough all the way around. And I, I definitely, you know, as hunters have to stick together and, and, you know, we just have different opportunities in different places we hunt. And, uh, you know, that's, it's, it's tough for everybody out there, but, um, I, I just, uh, the, the key to success, no matter what land you're hunting is hard work and, uh, dedication and discipline and, and, you know, if you, if you follow those rules and work really hard at it, you're going to find success. And, and, uh, so anyways, keep working hard guys. I've rambled for way too long on this podcast, but wanted to get out a good solo one, uh, that had all my thoughts in it that, you know, all, uh, my thoughts from season and things I can improve on and things I'm going to be working at. So, um, all right, guys. 
Have a good week. Um, Keep working hard towards your goals. Thanks again for all the support. I'm checking off out of here. I'm never going to stop talking. So have a good one, guys.